the BRL fam has increased by one son of BRL has now arrived in this world, which makes the Patreon way more important now. Support the show that supports your scene and keep the show as successful as it is at the moment. Helping you that out. Patreon.com slash BRLSun. That is Patreon.com slash BRLSun. I've had no sleep. It is BRL, the podcast. Gav with you here. And uh, this is a double-header this week. Two interviews, one podcast. Enjoy that. First things first, we will be chatting to OMAC. It will be the full conversation from the previous week's program. And then our full chat with Maddie B. Nice long podcast, two guests in one show. And that's what you get on a program that wins a uh, CBAA award. That's a radio show award. Um, This podcast does fuck all. But anyway, uh, (laughs) it's true. No one cares. Anyway, uh, let's jump right into it. Here's OMAC on BRL, the podcast. It's BRL. And now joining us on the phone is a gentleman from TPW. He's just dropped his first record in bloody ages. And welcome back to the program. OMAC, how you doing? Good, brother. How are you? Now, uh, new record. It's been a minute, dude. It's been quite a while. Yeah, like between drinks, has it been four or five years? Am I am I imagining that? Well, it's actually been, I think, six years since my last solo album. Oh. Spot on. <laughs> I know. I know. Slipping. Not my usual. Not my usual grind. I've been. I've, yeah, I had a lot go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did drop that. I dropped the album with Misk about two and a half, three years ago. Yes, yes. So that that did take up a bit of time. And I mean, I could have dropped the album a year ago, but it wouldn't have been as good. And I didn't really want to drop it while I was unsure if I'd be able to tour and things like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, um, absolute mile of guests on this one as well. Uh, you've pretty much called all cars when it comes to uh, people you know, people you've met, uh, big names within the genre. Uh, it, it's yeah. uh, some great stuff on here. You've got, uh, of course, Optimus from uh, you know Worm's Eye View, which we've uh, already heard, of course. I've uh, got Complete, of course, TP Dub, Represent, Rise of the Ward. Um, and uh, your mate Mercury's jumping on this one as well. How did you get that one going? Uh, man, Mer- Merck's one of our homies. Like we, we actually talk to him almost every day since uh, we we did a tour with him in uh, early 2018, and then we did one with him um, end of 2019, just before the pandemic. So we we did both. Uh, like we did the full tour both times. We even went to New Zealand. So we got to like, we you know we got to come pretty close. And um, yeah, he's he's got TPW tatted on his ass. <laughs> you know, he's one of us. Um, so yeah, I, 
<laughs> I saved all my famous friends for this album. Like you said, I put out all the stops. Um, mm. Like they're all verses that kind of came to me. Like I didn't. I so pretty stoked, you know. Um, all people that are, you know, could easily say no or charge me an arm and a leg, but they've all done it out of love, and um, we've got a lot of love for the people that have, um, you know, um, got to feature on the album. This is. This is the big one. This is my favorite uh, piece of work to date, mm. which I think is how you should always feel when you're about to drop something. But um, this one is definitely miles ahead of anything I've ever done, especially as a solo project. Um, I think working with Mist as well in the last one that probably made me step up my my um, rapping game because he's a machine. He is. And um, yeah, no, I'm really happy with it. Uh, on the Merc track as well, I've got a friend of ours, Jeremiah Morgan, singing on the hook. He passed away at the start of the year, so it's it's quite meaningful having him on it, and it's a a pretty deep track. Um, And yeah, uh, produced by Dexter as well, so like just all like dope on all ends, you know. Just and Dexter's only fairly new to it producing, so to have have him pretty much produce the the biggest track on there is pretty pretty sick as well. Rise of the War, baby. Absolutely, and um, so um, not not sort of. I don't want to pry too much because you said that there was a lot go on, but uh, what can you share of the uh, sort of down years between uh, solo projects? It sounds like a lot has gone on. Uh, what are you willing to share there? Um, well, I don't, yeah, I don't mind sharing. I mean, most people that follow me know I've just, I've just had a lot of losses in my life. Um, yeah, I had, I've had uh, yeah, Dista. You remember Dista, obviously. He he was my high man. He passed away mm-hmm. um, uh, early twenty twenty, and then um, I had uh, an uncle pass away at a similar time to suicide. Um, this is all in between touring and COVID happening, so I couldn't even go to uh, Dista's funeral because of um, you know you only had like ten or twenty people there. Oh Christ! And, um, and then we and then. Um, Last year was was the real rough one. My my nephew was stillborn. Um, oh God! And then, um, and then a couple of months after that, I had two friends pass away on the same day, the separate incidents. Oh Jesus! And one of them was very was very close to me. And then just on the tour um, a month ago with Sheldon, um, like one of my best friends uh, passed away while while mid tour. So it's been been pretty raw. Like it sounds like I've made it all up, but like. That's not even. That's the stuff I'm just willing to share. But that so it's been it's been a lot. So like yeah, putting out an album wasn't. I just yeah wasn't on the top of the list. Like I've still been making music and working on stuff. Mm. But I've just been trying to be there for my family and stuff enough. Um, where 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 needed, you know, just doing doing the right, you know, doing the man thing, or not even the man thing, just doing the right right thing, you know. Yeah, you always got to do the righty. I'm with you on that one. Uh, of, of course, uh, sorry for. Uh, your losses there. That's uh, no, horrendous. Appreciate it, man. And, um, appreciate it. Yeah, the skin's pretty thick these days. Unfortunately, like, as morbid as it is, it's like almost not even a surprise when shit goes sour. You just got to be more, more, um, not, I, you don't want to be walking around every day ready for death, you know, but you just got to, you know, you got to appreciate the time, you know, it sounds corny, but you got to appreciate the times that you're here because it just, no, you know, no, no, you know, I mean, some deaths are planned, I guess, but you know, you just never know when something's going to go. Mm. Uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty dark, dark uh, phone interview, but yeah, just keeping it real. Um, oh, but yeah, so I've just been, I've just been dealing with all of that. It just all happened um, 
all during the pandemic as well. So it's been pretty raw. But um, getting back on the road and getting this album now has been uh, really good for me mentally and um, just got finally got some positive shit happening, you know. Absolutely, you know, Bob, I hope the best for you and uh, a nice clean run for, I don't know, a good five to ten years. That'd be great <laughs> after, after all yeah, that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, that's uh, so full on. I was, yeah, I just sort of wondered if like, things were quiet for you in, in general. And I know you're uh, a, a guy that puts out a lot of products. So I was like, I wonder what's going on with OMAC. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah. No, I know. I've, I've gone from probably putting out too much to not enough. <laughs> but uh, I feel like this album um, has has made up for it. And now that it's technically out, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy and I'm, I'm interested to see what songs people are digging the most because it's always the ones you don't expect, I find. Mm. Indeed. But so, I do know, I, I, I am feeling quite confident in the Mercules collab. Mm. Uh, even without Mercules on it, I feel like it's one of my best verses and uh, just Dexter's B and Jeremiah's vocals just all around. And then obviously having the heavyweight uh, verse from Merc on there is just like, I feel like, um, yeah, it probably will be the most popular, but who knows what the other ones might be. I'm, I'm interested to, to hear back and see what people's feedback is online and shit. Absolutely. So uh, to check those out, um, those those uh, will be on the album. So you guys can uh, listen to those in your free time. In fact, uh, you might want to start typing this into your Spotify's and Google searches because, uh, yeah, where can they uh, where can they go cop this record? Uh, if you want hard copies, you go to omac.bigcartel.com. Um, the link is on my Instagram bio if you're uh, struggling to find that. Mm-hmm. OMAC TPW. Um, and yeah, but it will be on all streaming platforms. It should be up live everywhere now. Um, yeah, just um, I don't care if you stream it or if you buy the hard copy or both or just whatever. I just want everyone to listen to it, check it out, give it a chance. There's 16 tracks on there, which is like, I know people don't really have the attention span for that, but I like to give people their money's worth. And um, I feel like after the big break, like we spoke about, um, I could at least give everyone a full full length album, you know. Absolutely. So uh, check it out, folks. It is a an excellent record from everything that I've heard so far. Time of recording, and of course, uh, you know, uh, I'll I'll sit down and uh, give it a full listen. Uh, probably about the same time everyone else is. But anyway, uh, let's take in uh, another track from this record here on Beats, Rhymes, and Life. And thank you, Omak, for joining us. Come and reminisce with us. This is 90s Till Infinity. It's Gav here from the guy who brought you BRL. 90s Till Infinity walks you down the road of the best decade ever, the 90s. Catch 90s Till Infinity on Mixcloud or a radio station near you or find us at 90s Till Show on Facebook and Instagram. Coastal Field, 90s till infinity. Keeping it retro. Reminisce with us. It is Beats, Rhymes and Life. Now, uh, joining us on the phone is a a gentleman who is honestly quite responsible for me starting this show in the first place because you're one of the first people that I really got into when it came to Australian hip-hop. It's like you, Downside, Clandestine. Um like three massive influences, of course, all SBX. And, uh, yeah, Courageous was an album that I burned a hole in in uh, 02 and 03. Since then, we've had the uh, Simple But Effective EP in 2006 and uh, then a bunch 
of quietness in between. Um, we were just talking off mic about the uh, one of the things that you were doing during that time, but we'll, we'll sort of fill in maybe that 15-year gap. But joining us on the show, Aussie pop legend, Matty B. How you doing? Hey, Gav. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Now, um, first of all, uh, Chronica, this is the first record in, uh, is it 15 or 16 years? Either way, it's been oh, an absolute it's minute. It's either 16 or 17. Oof. So 2006 was, yeah, so it's 16 years. Yes. Yeah, we're working, yeah. So um, in between that time, um have, have you just been floating around being uh, the troubadour that uh, I tend to think that you are? Because I actually, I was chatting to um, one of the blokes on site who actually, um, I think he worked around you or like he floated around Trig or somewhere like that and he would run into you in surfing or something like that and um, they would just ask you for stories. And <laughs> so um, he's a massive uh, – Clint, by the way, um, shout-outs to him. But, uh, yeah, Clint's um, familiar with your work. And um, uh, have you just been floating about um, sort of living that Matty B life for the last 16 years? I, I don't know what that Matty B life is, like um, in inverted <laughs> commas. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you what I've been up to for sure. So I left, um, I was living in Coolangatta and Simple But Effective came out in 2006. Yep. And then in 2009, I kind of wasn't really um, going anywhere on the Gold Coast. I was living on the Gold Coast when I brought out Simple But Effective. Mm -hmm. 2009, the mining boom hit. Yep. Some friends came through Coolangatta, uh, some good friends of mine, um, Adam and Jody and and Jody was working at Sodexo, and she offered me a job at Boddington Goldmine where you work. Yeah, what up? And that brought me home. So that brought me home. It was a great opportunity. I'd been still getting up to scallywag behaviour um, and not really working very hard. And mm -hmm. I was working a little bit, but mainly hustling and um, in the clubs in Cool and Gatter and. Um, and I just it was it was a point in my life, Gav, where I could my life could have zigged left mm -hmm. and I could have ended up in sales or I could have turned right and taken this job at Boddington and then given my whole life a refresh. So I took that job, I worked there for two years mm -hmm. and then I travelled the world surfing for a year. Oh. Um, and went to Latin America and uh, went to New York City and I sold my surfboards in, in Latin America when I'd finished seven months of surfing there. And I and then I just became a tourist and did um, basically uh, New York, London, Rome, Florence, Venice, Paris, Amsterdam, going around seeing the Louvre and getting some culture and looking at all those things our parents tell us about. Yeah. Um, and then flew back into Indonesia, bought some more boards, some more surfboards, and did three months in the islands there. Then went back out to the mines for two years, um, and came back from that. Bought a, bought my dream car, which was a Prado. Oh, nice. Land Cruiser. Um, and then became a surf coach, and that's what I've been doing right up until now. It's been uh, working on my craft and becoming a surf coach, and and having a positive impact on my my community and and helping kids 
embrace the healthiness and therapeutic qualities of surfing. So that's that in a nutshell where I've been. So yeah. Now the, the the whole surfing thing. Uh, I've actually been discussing this uh, down at the uh, Boddington Sykes. There's a, a couple of blokes there that are a surfer kind of blokes, and it, it sounds glorious. I'm I'm actually a terrible swimmer, so I'd, I'd probably wouldn't be recommended for me to take up surfing because I would probably drown. But um, what what is it with the surfing thing? Are you able to put it into words? what it's like to be out there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the best way to describe it, um, Gav, is when we we live in a modern, fast-paced sort of world where we pay bills and we jump through hoops that the system mm-hmm. trying to create for us and they want us to do this and that and pay rego and pay fines and don't do this and don't do that. And when you're out in the surf and you're riding a wave, you're truly free of all that. There's no other way to put it. It's the ultimate in escapism. Um, it's, a, it's a connection with nature. Like, it's really healthy. Um, keeps you really fit. So good for your lungs and your respiratory health. Um, and the feeling you get after surfing, about 10 minutes when, you, when your heart slows down and you get back to the car, is like uh, the best natural high you'll ever have. Oh. Uh, not to mention the adrenaline of riding some waves while you're out there, but the whole thing is just, it keeps your body and soul together, mate, and it gives you something to live with, live for. I never got married or met a partner or had kids, and so I I focused my energy into surfing and travel, and that's the other thing with surfing is the beautiful places that sur- the surfing takes you, takes you to like Latin America and Hawaii and Fiji is just phenomenal. So the travel that surrounds the surfing lifestyle is is really attractive to me, you know what I mean, and mm. to most surfers. And, and when did you start? Did you start as a teenager or a kid? I started at five or six wow. years of age. So I grew up in Trigg, um, which you mentioned before. Yes. And um, – in the seventies, my parents were spear fishermen. Oh wow! It was called skin. It was called skin diving back then. Oh right. And basically, Trig Beach to Sorrento or Hillary's Boat Harbour was not a marine park back then, and you could still spear fish right there. We also had a holiday house in Lanceland. We had a dinghy. We had some cray pots. So I was just in the ocean with my parents all my life, and then living in Trig, you always saw kids running past the house with their surfboard under their arm. I had a couple of uncles that surfed. And, yeah, I just I was obsessed with it from about four years of age onwards. I was having dreams about surfing. That's, that's Repet- cool. Re- repetitive dreams, yeah. I, I love that. Um, so you, you growing up in that area and everything as well, um, eventually um, I guess you sort of using uh, that – area of the world as your uh, playground, um, you ran into Opt and those guys because uh, they're all northern suburbs cats. Uh, I am as well. I grew up in Craigie. So, um, you know, uh, how did you run into um, Opt and Daz and those kind of guys? How did that even uh, come to be? I went to live with my auntie Sadie for a while because I, I was, um, um, I'd sort of, um, I'd run out of money or, it's been up to some form of scallywag behaviour that mm-hmm. 
led me to not have somewhere to live. And uh, um, Sadie's a really cool lady. And she was living in Vine Street, North Perth, and that's three blocks from the Hyde Park Hotel. Ah, right. Um, but I'd seen Scott play a couple of years before that at with Public Enemy at um, Metropolis Concert Club. Oh, wow. She's always loved Public Enemy. And I was standing next to a good mate of mine, Brendan Davis, who I grew up surfing trig with. And I said, if I'm ever going to rap, because I used to rap at parties around trig and skateboard and ramps and all that and freestyle and make people laugh. And everyone used to say, you've got to be a stand-up comedian or, or, or a, a rapper. And I was like, nah, man, that, there's no rap in Australia. We don't, nobody raps, you know what I mean? And um, I was saying... Standing at the Metropolis Country Club, looked across at my mate Brennan. I said, "If I'm ever going to get into rap, it's going to be with these guys here." And then that was probably two years before I moved to Vine Street to my auntie's house. Then I went down to Monday Night, which was your regular hip hop night yep. at the Hyde Park Hotel, and I nervously watched on for about three or four weeks in a row. And then my mate kind of pushed me into the cipher and shoved them. Took the mic off Hunter, actually. Rest, rest <laughs> in peace, son. Yeah, rest in peace. He grabbed the mic off Hunter and shoved it in my face, and I did a little freestyle. Scotty invited me outside to have a bit of a freestyle cipher just against the wall there outside the Hyde Park Hotel, mm-hmm. and and then he said, you should start hanging with us and think about making some music. Uh, I so, love yeah, it. it was, as organic yeah. as that. It was really organic, and then we we, we, we recorded the courageous, uh, the first courageous song, um, yeah, and that was the first song I'd ever written, and we submitted it to Culture of Kings all within a month of oh, that wow. happening, and they accepted it. So I went from living with my auntie because I'd fucked up, mm. and to wow, I'm going to Adelaide to do a hip hop show. I better come up with two more songs because I had to do three a set of three songs because there was twenty artists on the record, so they're all really short sets. Mm. Wow, <laughs> I I had no idea it was like it went from uh, freestyling at the Hyde Park to making a song to Culture of Kings, and that's how we got courageous. That is wild. <laughs> oh my god, oh, you just blow me yeah. away. Courageous was the first time I ever put pen to paper. Wow. Mm. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty good. I was, you know, I needed something, you know. I didn't have a lot going on, Gav, so I was, I was pretty stoked. Absolutely, and uh, you're a, a big part of uh, one of the most influential records in the history of the genre right there. <laughs> it's, uh, there's no question about that. That's, uh, that's insane, and... Uh, Thank you. What a great story. Um, now, uh, let's bring it back to modern day and uh, Chronica. So um, you, you've you been, uh, you know, you've been doing the, the, the surf school and uh, giving back to the community, as you said before. Um, so making a record again, have you been writing the entire time or was it just uh, you decided to pick up a pen and started to uh, do Matty B again? No, I hadn't been writing at all. I'd kind of, when I went to the mines in 2009, I was like, I'm done with hip hop. Um, but I've maintained the friendships with all the Syllabolics crew. Um, and we'd catch up sort of once a year. We'd meet at a, 
the pub and have a beer like me and Scotty and a few of the other boys. Mm. It was like the annual catch-up. And then uh, basically I started to, because I listened to a lot of different genres of music, a lot of metal, a lot of punk, and a lot of rock and roll and a lot of blues and and all the sampled records that hip-hop people use, like a lot of Curtis Mayfield and Otis Redding and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Everything, I just don't know where to start. But what happened was Lazy Gray brought out a record called The Underestimated about two or three years ago. And Len Wan sent it to me. And, man, I fucking loved it. You know, I was like, this is a really good hip-hop record. I like this. It absolutely is. is 100%. so that really got the juices flowing, and then and then um, Five B sent me his last one, the one with um, Hersey Homage on it. Yes, yes. And I was pumped on that, and he sent me another disc by a kid called Tommy Baker, or kid a guy called Tommy Baker in Melbourne. Yes, who's really street and raps about hustling, and um, he does. He's obviously he's that's behind him, but he he raps retrospectively, mm-hmm. and then. Bias told me that story. He said, oh, Tommy, he's, he's a construction worker now, you know. He's, he's bought a house and he's settled down and he's living the life. And then I thought, well, I've done some shit in my time. You know what I mean? And I was like, I was feeling pretty inspired by those two records. And then last November, I had, I'd had i already had three tracks recorded with Scotty that we did right at the start of just before COVID kicked in. He'd come down and go, Maddie, let's have a recording weekend. So Optimus was always going, come, Maddie, let's record, let's record. You know, kind of like a mate going, come, let's go for a surf, or come, yeah. let's go skateboarding, you know what I mean? So Scotty was always, he, honestly, he's got, you know, Optimus always kept in contact with me and kept that connection and just kept a little bit of like, he was like the pilot light, you know, keeping a little spark there for me and holding the torch. And, and uh, we recorded three songs that are on Chronica. And that was Stella Joe, the one about my mum. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's called SBX Cat, which is a really just a battle flow, really. Yes. Bars, just some evil bars. And then one called Crew Love, which is a really nice track about, I think COVID was just kicking in then. So it's about how we, we shouldn't buy into what we were being fed by the media and that the things that were important were family and friends and our loved ones and really focusing on the rocks and the important things in life. And that's kind of what crew love is about. And those three songs are on Chronica. Fast forward to, to last November and sorry, this is such convoluted story, but um, I'm trying to nutshell it, trying to nutshell it for you. Yeah. And draft came down the coast um, to do a show at Margaret river. And him and me are friends, obviously. Um, and we'd been, you know, in a little bit of contact. And we, and he came down and he, he, he was touring for Shadows and Shinings. And I just said, oh, Paulie, can I buy, how much merch have you got here? And he goes, oh, I've got four albums here. And I said, I'd like to buy all of them. You know, I just wanted to buy the CDs off him. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said, oh, no, nah, Matty, I'll give you, the, give you the four CDs. And just went home and hadn't really, I'd heard Jimmy Ricard in a few songs, but had never really been an avid listener of hip hop. And back in the day, I was pretty self-absorbed and I'd only 
I wouldn't listen to even my a lot of my peers' music. You know oh, what wow. I mean? And that's just being honest. Um, and I just revisited the draft catalogue, and man, it just got my juices flowing. It pumped me up. So Tommy Baker, Bias B, Lazy Gray, and Draft. There were four CDs that just got my juices flowing, and then COVID kicked in, and I went fucking mandate, fucking medical intervention. Fuck this! I'm going to rap again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, now's the time to go forward and say what's on my mind and to be honest about some of the stuff I've done, um, streetwise and and um and make a fully a full rounded hip hop album that has battle tracks, has street tracks, has uh, storytelling tracks about my mother's childhood in Africa. Just to really every human emotion that I feel, I wanted to pump into this new album, Chronica, and we ended up with 15 tracks. Um, we ended up with more tracks than we needed. It was great. And mm-hmm. and I'm already writing another one, Gav. I'm pumped on it, eh? Like, nice. I'm really pumped to make music, you know? It's, uh, it's great to have, uh, well, uh, I'd say your generation, be you guys, well, I, I, Scotty and you guys, are not that much older than I am. I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking down the barrel of 40 myself these days. So it's good to have uh, our generation um, sort of coming back and, and making music again because there was there was uh, quite a grip between uh, a bunch of Syllabolics content, uh, you know, especially of the uh, early uh version of that crew so it's uh it's good to have you back first of all uh making tracks and such again so um you've got some features on this record uh we've uh, seen the video for crypto uh was it crypto crazy what is it? yeah crypto crazy crypto crazy uh, that's got uh bias b on it um are the other special guests that you want to uh tell the crew about yeah we've got a song with draft uh, called My Speed. Um, we've got a song. There's um, a posse track that has Optimus, Mortar, and Bitter Belief on it. There's a track, and there's a track with Tommy Baker. Nice. Um, I'll just grab a vinyl and make sure. I'll grab a CD. <laughs> yep. All good. Um, use my bad memory. Uh, just a minute, Gab. But yeah. Tommy Baker, Draft, Optimus, Mortar, Bit of Belief. These are the rap features. We got production from Paulie P. Paulie P made the Still Courageous film clip, which has been really well received. Um, Paulie P's working on a, a song called Empire. Um, it's on, which is also on Chronica. All right. Um, and he's working on, we filmed that clip a couple of nights ago. I've also got Uncle Sam making a crew love film clip, that song I mentioned before. Yep. So we're rolling out five clips for the album and really going at this. I was mentored a lot by draft about bringing out film clips and as many as I could before the album drops and then a couple after the album drops. So I had some really good people on the team. The album was, um, it was mastered by Uncle Sam. Um, I mean, I'm pretty blessed to have the people helping me to make this record that I did, you know. I'm just trying to um, get this CD open. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all good. Got but, the wrapper on. Uh, yeah, but um, it's it's um, it's 
it's um it's just it's good to sort of hear uh Australian hip hop get around you and also uh, definitely of course our seed as well um making sure that we don't forget uh who the hell Maddie B is and uh for any of the younger crew that would be listening to this program or the podcast version or whatever it is uh you know people got to remember that um you're uh, more than a, a a track that got played on Triple J so much that Rosie Beaton had to ban it getting played, which is literally what happened to Fridays. <laughs> she, oh, yeah. she she put the guy off. She said, "No more Fridays for a bit." I remember hearing that, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, she she got all Fridayed out. She did. I was like, and. Well, there, there, there's some crossover right there because uh, Rosie Beaton is actually probably the person that got me into radio broadcasting because it's like, oh, wow, there's someone that's uh, quirky and a little bit strange on radio. And uh, I was like, nah, I can do this too then. Last <laughs> 20 years yeah. of microphone time. So, yeah, everyone, I'm, I'm just back to put work in. Gavin, I want to make a contribution. Mm-hmm. When I first made music the last time, I was looking at what I could get out of hip hop and what you know, I was hoping for success. Now I have no like um, preconceived notions of success or anything. I really want to contribute to this hip hop scene and I want to make something special and be creative and be creative for creativity's sake mm-hmm. and really look at what I can put into the music and, and be a pleasure of a person to work with within this space and this industry. So I'm basically back to right all the wrongs put some work in and give some music to the, to my people, you know what I mean? There's no other way to put it. So the features are, we've got Bias B on Crypto Crazy, we've got Draft on My Seas, we've got a lovely young lady called Rebecca singing vocal hooks on uh, Land of the Brave and on Crew Love, mm. and then we've got the posse track with Morta, Bit of Belief and uh, Optimus that I mentioned before, and there you there you go. Excellent. So uh, basically uh, the, there's still copies of everything vinyl CDs available and uh, they can get that through uh, your big cartel page as well. So uh, do you want to give that a plug? Yeah, yeah. Yep. There's still vinyl. There's still CDs. And that's uh, bstyleentertainment.bigcartel.com. we got plenty of stock there. Um, if you're coming to the launch on the 26th, yes. we're going to nice full merch table there too. We're going to have CDs, vinyls, T-shirts and hoods for sale with the FPOS machine. You can come up and meet me at the merch. I'll be hanging at the merch bench and just looking forward to saying hi to everyone who's come along, you know. So that's going to be me right up until when I go on stage. A lot of people will hide backstage. I reckon I'm just going to hang with my two friends who are manning the merch bench but right up until when I rap. And, yeah, just come up, guys, and bring your beer and say good day. And if you want some merch, that's cool. Mm-hmm. If you just want to have that, that's cool too, you know. Like, But I've got lots to offer and I'm keen to make a contribution, Gav. There's no other way to put it. Absolutely. So, uh, Perthes, uh, you better be at that show and uh, come up and say hi to Maddie and uh, also come up and say hi to me because I will actually be there. I know. I, I turned up to a show. It's wild. Uh, the album Chronica will be dropping on the 21st of November as well. So um, that's when the uh, CDs and everything are going to be mailed out. Uh, is that also going to be a launch on uh, digital as well for those that want to uh, drop it on their Spotify's and all that? 
Oh, most definitely. And all the old stuff. Oh, nice. What we're doing, what we're doing is on the 21st, the Courageous LP, Chronica, and the Simple But Effective EP all drop on DistroKid all on the same day. So everyone can go back, load everything on their devices, jump in their car, Bluetooth to their car, their car care, and start driving around and, and bumping a bit of Matty B and bumping Chronica and learning the lyrics. So you got five nights to learn the lyrics to the song so you guys can help me out on the choruses, you know? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bring it, so bring, it, bring it back to early uh, 2000s, me rolling around in a uh, Holden Barina back in the day. Um, yeah, kind of uh, throwing out the uh, Courageous LP because uh, I used to do that on West Coast Highway quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, lovely. So uh, everywhere you were talking about at the uh, start of our chat, I'm just like, yeah, that's a, that's an old sort of stomping ground for me. Maybe not so much the swimming side as previously mentioned. I would drown. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, absolutely. Everyone get involved. Album drops November 21st for Perth Crew. Uh, there is a launch on the 26th. And uh, maybe uh, would you be thinking of doing an East Coast swing of a tour maybe later on? Yeah, I'm in negotiations at the moment to do um, a, a little Brisbane um, Byron Bay run um, through 420 Superstore. I'm just chatting with Gaz, a guy called Gaz who owns 420 Superstore. He's also got a fair bit to do now with uh, Beers, Beats and the Biz podcast. Oh, massive shout-out. So he's kind of injected a bit of capital into that and he, him and Jake have teamed up and they're making – merchandise for the podcast and this Gav guy's doing some really awesome things for hip hop and he owns this weed store where people who've been prescribed weed can go and get their vaporizers and their grinders and their chop plates and everything mate and he's a, he's a really nice fella so it, it, it's not definite yet but um, I'm putting it out there if Gav hears this let's get these shows going um we're going to go in February right when the cyclone season. So I'm hoping to get some good waves on the Gold Coast as well while I'm there. So a bit of a, a cheeky surf trip thrown in with oh. a couple of hip-hop shows. Yeah, as soon as you said uh, Brisbane and Byron, I was like, yeah, he's going. He's get, definitely going to get out on the board for a bit. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely he, getting out he, there. you got to have some ulterior motives, Gav, you know? Absolutely. I can't. <laughs> I can't think. That's not an ulterior. I just think that's a, a nice sort of side quest on your uh, trip across life, really, is, hey, I'm going to go out and have a bit of a surf. It sounds glorious. It really does. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the launch in Perth and, of course, record drops 21st of November. So, uh, Batty B, we're going to play another track from this record and thank you very much for joining us on the program. Dropping EDM, hip-hop, and a bunch of best beats programs around. If you want bangers, you'll be in the right place with Tune One. TuneOne.com.au That's Tune, the number one, .com.au Tune One, proud show sponsor.